The rapid evolution of information technology, including new artificial intelligence tools, is helping organizations evolve and become more efficient at the same time that technology is disrupting business as usual, whether for businesses, governments, healthcare centers, or other organizations. While information technology is often implemented as part of cost reduction or a business agility strategy, its major strengths can be overlooked. IT can be part of a mindset shift, moving from exploitation of ideas to more exploration of ideas. This opens up strategic and competitive avenues of innovation and employee creativity across departments, even in a more traditional company. Welcome to the Delve Podcast, the official thought leadership platform of McGill University's Desotel Faculty of Management. I'm your host for this episode, Robin Fadden. In this episode, I talk with Desotel Faculty of Management Professor Alan Pansano, who specializes in information systems research. He points out that doing business in a digital world requires strategies that integrate information technology in a way that looks beyond the latest and greatest tech to what works best for the individual organization. That also means integrating the fact that information technology will continue to play a fundamental role in changing the organizational landscape for years to come. Today, the overall mindset towards IT and its value is changing, especially in times of broader turbulence like the COVID pandemic. Alain Pincineau's research shows that information technology is really comprised of every aspect of technology, from computer hardware to all of its associated systems, including software, enterprise resource planning systems, supply chain management technology, and the information technology infrastructure that keeps organizations running. So it's no surprise that IT is affecting all aspects of organizations and all types of organizations, including the most human-centered or creativity-minded ones, whether you're an airline or Cirque du Soleil. And we'll get to both of those examples in this podcast. Welcome to the Delve Podcast, Professor Pensano. One of the areas your research has looked at is how important information technology is to increasing efficiency and creating Slack resources. Could you briefly outline what Slack resources are in relation to IT and what innovative possibilities they open up for organizations? What I mean by Slack resources, it can be different things. It can be in time. You're taking less time to do a certain job. Therefore, you're, you have free time. It can be technological Slack also. You have more technology than you need. And because of that, you're more innovative. You can explore the things. It can be financial Slack as well. They're all somewhat related, but because you're more efficient, then it doesn't cost you as much to perform a certain job. Therefore, you have money that you can reuse. Slack is a surplus that's created over and above what you need to do a certain task. So if you're a portfolio manager and you used to take half an hour to do an analysis and do ratios, and now you have IT and you can take 15 minutes, well, you have 15 minutes of Slack that's created. And the question is, what do you do with that 15 minutes? And what we have shown in one study is if the organization doesn't manage that slack, it will disappear. It will get reabsorbed without any benefits. So it needs to be a conscious effort by managers to understand that and to reallocate that slack towards something that they think will be adding value. And then the fundamental idea and the fundamental question organization should ask, and, and researchers as well, because we haven't solved that yet, but is what should you do with the Slack resources that you created with information technology? And that's where it becomes really interesting. And that's what I call the first one is more of the exploitation part of IT. How can we reduce costs? The second one is more the exploration. part. What can we do with that Slack resources that can add value that we can use to compete and add value? 
Could you give us a couple of examples of companies who have focused on innovation and adding value above reducing costs? Canadian Tire, well-known retail store, uh, which is not typically known for its innovativeness. They're facing challenges that all retailers are facing. But about five, six years ago, they uh, decided that they would use technology to innovate. And they invested a huge amount of money to build the infrastructure to allow them to do that. And they deployed information technology on all sectors with the effort of innovation. So they, they created a group that's just focusing on how to use technology to innovate. When they implement technology in Tire, they're asking employees to use technology to innovate. So the focus is really on innovation, not on reducing cost, because they know that competing on cost against, for example, Amazon, they're not going to win. So they're focusing on innovation. It's using IT to reduce costs and then creating Slack resources and then thinking about, can we use that to add value? Another interesting example of that is Cirque Soleil, which is very interesting because typically companies are really good at doing one, exploitation or exploration. They're really good at, you know, we're focusing on exploiting and we're really good at efficiency or we're really good at innovation and exploring new ideas, but we're not really good at exploiting these ideas. So, so one tends to drive the other one away. Silk Soleil was able to do both. Silk Soleil is really about innovation. It's about creativity. They really separate the two things, the creative part and the logistical or operations part. And they use IT to support all the operations part and make that really as efficient as possible. It's quite impressive to see how well the logistic part and the operations part are run and how efficient. Even though Cirque du Soleil has had its ups and downs, it's managed in the past several years to exploit its use of information technology without sacrificing creativity. They brought previously siloed information into shared databases, giving managers more access to touring and local shows and their outcome data, as well as to customer and market feedback. As Professor Pensano points out, they become an ambidextrous organization capable of both IT exploration and exploitation at the same time, using information and insights to bolster the product that they make in creative ways. As more companies shift their perspective on IT, as Cirque du Soleil and Canadian Tire and others are doing, their entire structure and infrastructure shifts as well. In information systems terminology, how is the ecology of organizations affected by the rapid evolution of information technology? Information technology, in my mind, is the single most important factor affecting the ecology of organization or the ecosystem of organization, of contemporary organization. When I mean by ecology of organization, I mean the ecosystem of organization. So I, I really mean the whole ecosystem, the firm internally, but also its relationship with the environment, its immediate environment, but also its peripheral environment. And now what we see is that becomes even broader and broader and broader in terms of technology basically facilitates new entrants coming from industries that are not so close to industries of one firm, of a focal firm. So that's one major change that's happening. It's really the, the ecology or the ecosystem of the firm is changing because it makes boundaries of industries permeable and much easier for new entrants to come in and new entrants coming from far away 
from an industry. So it includes competitors, it includes collaborators as well. So information technology in general is changing organizations' ecosystems at a rapid pace, more rapidly than other technologies that have changed the world of work in the past. It's changing everything. It's changing products as the Internet of Things evolves to embed technology and computers in everything from elevators to fridges, let alone cars and industrial transport. It's changing services such as banking, which now features more services and associated products than ever, thanks to having the computational capability to produce things like daily interest rates. And as Professor Pensano has alluded to, it's also changing something even more fundamental, the way companies create value. In the past, typically firm would try to embed and internalize the value creation process. So firms would try to build everything internally and adds value as they go. So if we take a manufacturing firm, they would take raw material, transform them, adding value, and then selling them at a profit. That's the essence of value creation. With digital technology and digital world, this value creation is being externalized. And that's really fascinating to see. Recent and extremely successful examples of this are Airbnb and Uber. Airbnb does not want to internalize value creation. Its value is created externally by people who want to rent their home and by other people who are wanting to pay for it. Airbnb actually pushes value creation outside the firm. This kind of business model has changed the way customers place value on services and what they choose to purchase. Alain Pinsonneau adds that by necessity, as business models change, the role of managers is also changing, from that of overseeing value creation to managing a value curation process, where supply and demand make the best fit. As new technologies evolve, the changes only keep coming, and it's a lot to adjust to. In terms of the ecology of organizations and their competitiveness alongside these changing business models, what's the most impactful or drastic change that you've seen? It's changing the clock speed of industry. Winners become winner much faster than in the past. Uh, losers become losers much faster. And winners sometimes become losers much faster than in the past. We, we can see, in, especially in the digital environment, progression of these digital companies with digital business models. It's amazingly fast. And one of the reasons for that is because there's almost zero marginal cost associated with adding something. For Airbnb, adding a listing, there's no almost zero marginal cost. To have 100,000 or 200,000, it doesn't change much. For a typical hotel, doubling the size of its hotel has huge, huge marginal costs. So it makes it very easy to scale up in the digital world compared to a traditional one. If you look at industries, for example, as newspapers that has been dramatically affected by IT, and you look at the digital version, the same thing, right? It's much easier to have access to people and there's zero marginal cost. So it's much easier to scale up So it's easier and it's much less costly. These changes that new IT capabilities are creating go far beyond the idea of information technology as an efficiency tool or cost-saving mechanism. The value of IT has become much more complex and integrated into all aspects of an organization, as you've pointed out. Some firms are investing multi-millions of dollars in information technology, but what is the payback on that? That's one of the fundamental issues with information technologies. What we see in research, and our research shows that oftentimes the realized value of IT is lower than the potential value. What I mean by that is if you look at the project, if you look at the potential that this new IT project can bring to organization, how it can add value, 
And then you look at once it's implemented and people start using it, the realized value is oftentimes much lower than its potential. Your research shows that the reason for this realized value being low isn't a technical reason necessarily. The technology itself may work, but a lack of understanding of how this value is created gets in the way. For an organization to be agile, to be flexible, and to create Slack resources and increase value, is a major perspective shift needed in how IT is managed, including at the executive level? What we've seen in terms of value, when I say the potential is higher than we realize, and we've seen it in several of our studies where we look at, for example, the same technology implemented in one organization for people doing exactly the same work, and then we measured the impact on these individuals, how technology affected their performance. And what was fascinating is to realize that the impact value was vastly different from one individual to the other, sometimes twice as beneficial to one individual than to the others. And we've seen that at the organization level also. We've studied similar organizations implementing the same technology, having a huge impact, and the other organization not having much impact. As an example, Pensano mentions the American airline Frontier Airlines, which created the first online reservation system called Sabre. But their original use for it was as an inventory management system for their airplane seats, so they would know when the airplane was about to leave, how many seats were sold, and what the revenue was. Frontier Airlines used this system for a while before deciding that it didn't bring them much value and was more costly to maintain than the benefits that they were getting from it. So they sold the system exactly as it was to American Airlines, who then implemented it and asked a vital question. Was this system capable of doing something more? They looked at the data they were gathering and realized they could use it for yield management. So if a plane that was close to its takeoff date was half full, they could increase the revenue by selling unsold tickets at a lower price which is much better than nothing. That's the origin of us paying different prices for two airline seats that may be beside each other. American Airlines then allowed travel agents to connect to their reservation system, adding even more impact on revenue. At a certain point, American Airlines was making more money selling information from Sabre than actually moving people from A to B. And my point here is it's exactly the same system. They didn't do more. It's just a perspective of looking at the technology and realizing its potential and acting upon that. That dominant perspective on technology is about looking at IT as a tool to reduce costs and increase efficiency, at least in the short term, by exploiting existing resources. You've said this is holding some organizations back. What are the problems that keep those organizations from changing their mindset on IT? From a strategic perspective, what we have found in different studies is this is very short-lived in terms of the impact and the benefit because it, it creates basically all other firms can replicate that. So one firm is implementing information technology, uses it to reduce cost. Other firms can copy that very easily and reduce cost as well. So, so they're competing on cost, but they're not gaining anything. It becomes a strategic necessity and they're not gaining any strategic advantage with that. For example, no banks are gaining a strategic advantage with ATM. It's, it's a strategic necessity to get in the market and to be in that industry, but you're not gaining strategic advantage. So if you limit yourself to that, uh, to reducing costs, you do get some benefit, but it's very short-lived. And other companies can just replicate it. And if they wait enough to have a new version of information technology, it's probably going to be less costly to implement 
more efficient, they can reduce costs even more, and then they can compete. So it's, it's creating what we call consumer surplus. The benefit that you get from the technology in reducing costs, because all firms are doing it, it's passed to the customer. Because what you do is you reduce your cost, and then you compete on price, right? So you re reduce your price. The other firm comes in, reduce its costs even more, and wants to compete on price, so they will reduce their price even more. So the net beneficiary of that is the customer, it's not the firm. So that's that's one problem. That makes me think of a brand like Apple and many other brands modeled after Apple whose products are more expensive than others, and we know they're not competing on price, and they decided long ago that they're not going to compete that way. They're going to compete on several different levels that might have little to do with the product's overall cost itself. And that's where that's where it becomes really interesting. Because if you look at all the all the very successful cases of company using technology for for strategic advantage or or gaining a lot from their IT, it's it's by looking at something else cost. Yes, all technologies, all information technologies should, should increase efficiency, reduce cost. If you stop there, you're shortchanging your your potential, because the real value comes in the next step. The next step goes back to creating Slack resources and using them effectively. That strategy can be applied to all IT, including new artificial intelligence technologies. So I'm curious if certain sectors or industries are implementing AI technologies at a higher rate than others. And is that implementation relegated to certain departments within organizations, or is it looked at more holistically? It's yet another wave of AI and the world wave of potentially hype around AI. I mean, we've seen waves and waves and waves in the past, starting in the 70s. This one might be different because of two things, because of the technology itself. The, the power of the technology is significantly higher than the last wave of AI. AI is kind of a self-sustaining technology, right? It learns, uh, there are different types of AI, but the fundamental idea is it learns with data. It learns by experience and, and it adjusts. So it needs huge amount of data. And this is something that we have now that we didn't have as much in the past. So the ingredient seems to be there to make it really something substantial this time. It's still relatively nascent. The, the new wave has been there for maybe five, six, seven years or so. We're, we're still working on trying to understand it. Just as with any technology, as we've discussed, applying AI to the world of work requires a shift in perspective too. So a technological deterministic point of view that separates people and technology and compares who does which tasks seems rather outdated today. We have to come back to it's creating Slack resources. And then the key message is how you reorganize. And in the case of AI, what we know is AI and human working together, we're coming back to the ecosystem. The team of AI and human performs better than AI alone or the human alone. So the fundamental question will be how do you make that how do you make the ai and human work together to achieve better performance and ai is being applied to lots of different sectors but that's the fundamental question the other fundamental issue i think with ai is because of its autonomous nature and because it's also quite close you know it's very difficult to understand why ai arrives at one recommendation or the other what we're seeing now is something that we've been saying should not happen in management in general, is we're dissociating control and responsibility. Typically in all management theory, we tell us that, that you know, if someone is responsible or accountable for something, that person needs to be in control of that, right? Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. 
what AI is doing is actually it's taking control of some of the tasks, but in the end, the individual is responsible for the overall decision. So if you're a radiologist and you have AI, in the end, the diagnostic or the final decision, AI is not responsible for that decision. It's the radiologist. AI might be seen by some people as a way to dissociate control from accountability. Pensano says that this is a fundamental issue that needs to be managed on all fronts, from management itself to ethics boards, because AI is now touching on jobs that used to be isolated from IT, such as more complicated and complex jobs like that of a radiologist with many tasks and decision paths. So how does the human maintain control? The potential for problems is high, Professor Pensano says, so needs to be well managed before it even starts, if that's possible. So I asked him, how can organizations navigate this new IT landscape, which might seem overwhelming, especially to a more traditional organization, when so many IT and AI tools and business solutions are being offered today, with more to come? We don't have all the answers. That makes it also really interesting because it keeps us going. I, I would say that the first thing for management and for organizations is to realize that IT is not a solution. And as soon as we think IT solution. I think we're missing the boat in the broad perspective of things, and we're missing what IT is there for. If managers think IT is a solution to something, then they don't need to think about the change of perspective that we talked about, right? Because what they will do is they say, well, here's a solution. We implement the solution, and it's going to solve our problem. And what we have seen with all the examples and, and what I talked about, that's a technological deterministic point of view of saying, the technology will determine the outcome associated with using it. And we know that's not the case. So I think managers need to realize, and researchers alike that are looking at technology, that right, it's a tool and the solution comes from the manager. You know, the example I gave, the innovation part at Canadian Tire did not come from the technology itself. It came from management, thinking about the strategy to remain <laughs> remain in business and saying, we're going to innovate. And then you use the technology to support that. And it's the same thing with AI. You can have the best type technology, the more sophisticated technology in the world. If you implement it like production technology in a deterministic view, it will have marginal impact. Key is to ask, what can we do with that to really make a difference and really add value? And again, you know, we're, we're still working on that. And we haven't found exactly because it depends on the organization, it depends on the strategy, it depends on the environment. But that's a fundamental message that our research at least points to. Fundamental to implementing new information technology is the agility and flexibility of organizations to manage change and shift perspective when needed, as Professor Alain Pinsano has said. The human side of information technology shouldn't be occluded by new tech. In fact, in many organizational contexts, IT can shine a spotlight on what human roles might become, showing that higher efficiency and expanded value creation go hand in hand with a human drive for creativity and innovation. You've been listening to the Delve Podcast. Delve is the official thought leadership platform of McGill University's Desotel Faculty of Management. I'm Robin Fadden, your host for this episode. You can find out more about Delve at delve.mcgill.ca and follow Delve McGill on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the Delve McGill podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcasting apps. Thank you for listening.